2: I was trying to think of a way to phrase this question but just what's going on with the gaming industry at the minute mate what's 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 going on
3: I don't know, man. Like you tell me, it's got to the point where like in search of new games, I've just bought a PlayStation 2 adapter so I can <laughs> plug it into my new telly so I can play the PlayStation 1 version of the Phantom Menace. This is the point I am at, Scott Hill. You did not tell like, me you were, you'd, out.
2: you'd hit that uh, low slash high simultaneously. I didn't know you were trying to play Phantom Menace.
3: <laughs> I was keeping this for the podcast when we were talking earlier about what we were playing. I was like, I'm going gonna, gonna to keep that one to myself. And drop that on you in this pod. Yeah, but that's where, that's literally where I'm at right now. And that's the new game I'm looking forward to because I don't know what's going on. Like everything's getting delayed, understandably, because, you know, the world's gone to hell and no one can make games as they used to. But even then, like everything's just so quiet. We've got no real. Um, you know announcements to look forward to. There is potential Elden Ring stuff on the horizon. There is you know, a thing going around now about a leaked trailer. E3 is kind of up in the air. The live version is being cancelled, but there's going to be a digital version apparently. But even then, we haven't had heard anything from it. There's maybe a Microsoft um, <laughs> presser in March, but who knows? Maybe.
2: I <laughs> uh, think for the Xbox presser where it was, like, oh, maybe Elden Ring is going to be shown. And a lot of people going, like, maybe there's something. And then Aaron Greenberg from Xbox going, nah, don't, that's not <laughs> <laughs> going to be we haven't got that at all mate we've got to, we're talking about halo and <laughs> just don't worry about it and it's that was kind of my thing because i made a few notes uh, going into this podcast so obviously we do have some sort of vague structure i should probably say that i'm scott taylor joined by josh brown as well hi Hi, um, and just uh, yeah, I made some notes about just the sort of things I want to touch on because yeah, the, you're totally right. Like obviously, the E3, the uh, in-person version has been cancelled, and there's apparently a, a live stream version that's still going to be happening. But that was the one that we reported on a little while ago, uh, where the uh, the ASA or the ESA, whatever you call the body of people that are in charge of E3, have apparently been approaching different studios and asking for six figures to be part of that live that uh, live show, which I really can't see happening, considering that um, over on the Bandai Namco side, they've just registered. registered a trademark to do their own version of a direct so I think I think if anything E3 have just sort of convinced more publishers that hey you can't just do this yourself you don't actually need the E3 branding whatsoever um and so like yeah there's a few things that I kind of want to talk about I guess one with e let's talk about E3 for a little bit do you think you would miss it if it went away altogether or have the recent onslaught of directs kind of made up for it a little bit
3: no I, w- I would miss it I really would because you know we've got like these state of players these directs stuff like that but for me they're not quite hitting the mark in the same way as a big you know um e3 style thing because no. while the state of players in particular like they're all right i feel like our expectations as consumers as an an audience is just entirely out of whack and we haven't really done much (laughs) to rectify it like we're waiting for something to replace the likes of e3 or i can't remember the name of it but sony's and big event they used to do around december time you know like the big playstation event
2: i also i'm completely blanking on that my mind only goes to state of play playstation experience it was an experience playstation experience you know we're looking for things to fill those gaps and Mm.
3: these Mini showcases aren't quite that, in there's there are the games club, that a lot of people they, really they are a little bit. which kind of sucks, <laughs> There's a lot of cool games in there, but you know everyone's going into them, perhaps rightly or wrongly, expecting God of War news or expecting yeah. Horizon, expecting something major from these games that have been announced like last year, but we haven't heard of since, and we're just not getting that. And Sony and the other publishers, to be fair, just don't really have much else to kind of to. Oh, I guess they're not like they're not they're not like leaving these games out and saying but we've got like a showing coming soon it's just like they're they're getting left out and nobody's talking about them and it's like this sucks. This that dude, that it
2: thing, sucks. talking about the direct stuff, I think, like, yeah, managing expectations would be something, because I think because you've got major publishers, uh, video, major video game companies saying, like, hey, we're going to do a stream, and I think that defaults to, like, oh, my God, because it's not like Nintendo didn't sort of set the table pretty well with this stuff, set expectations pretty well by just announcing big projects. And I mean, it's not like you know, they're still announcing Pokemon Snap and Breath of the Wild 2, and, like, these sort yeah. of worthwhile big titles getting announced there. Um, But the last couple, like, obviously, the last state of play was a bit empty and, like, ended on final fantasy 7 remake integer or whatever um and the last sort of nintendo direct was also a bit like oh we're going to cover stuff that's coming in the first half of the year and then it was just here's a trailer for something in 2022 because i don't even know and i kind of think that a lot of those big um companies it feels like they're treating them as like dumping grounds for just sort of like hey we should we should tell people about this we should tell people about that but i think the reality of the only reason that people gravitate to these things is if there are big announcements and it's not like a mainstream audience is watching them they're only really being watched by people like me and you at least i assume anyway um i think over like a million people were were watching the state of play so i guess that got a little bit closer to like a a mass audience but still something like e3 is that mainstream pull it is like the video game super bowl and you can you go into it with a certain expectation and for me as you know like I just, I realized after the state of play was so naff that I was like, I need to completely recalibrate what I'm expecting from these things. And it's not like I got completely carried away expecting God of War 2, but I expected something. And I think that them just being like, here's some indie stuff. I was like, this is nothing.
3: that's why I don't necessarily think it's just an a you know, problem because going into this state of play, especially after, you know, all of the companies setting a precedent last year about what mm. we should expect from this caliber of announcement. Like I, I wasn't personally expecting God of War 2 or Horizon no. or anything like that, but I was expecting small things like the PlayStation Plus lineup that just wasn't there, you know, right. the little things. That's that another thing. Would've... They
2: announce better stuff after it's happened. Like yeah, what the yeah, hell yeah, was yeah. that? Exactly. So
3: like even the small expectations that I had, my paired back expectations, when they're not hit that's when I think there might be a bit of a issue or there's something kind of going, gone wrong with the miscommunication between you know, the publishers and fans and stuff mm. like that. And in general I just, I do want to for it to get back into full swing and maybe that's a bit selfish and entitled because maybe it's just not possible to be back to how it wasn't in full swing right now, yeah. which is totally, totally fair, totally valid and people should Take their time if that's the case. But we're in that kind of weird juxtaposition that I think a lot of industries are in, where front facing you've got all of these marketing campaigns and these PR people like, get excited for the future of Nintendo or PlayStation or Xbox. You've mm. got all these good games on the way. Don't worry, they're definitely coming, it's happening. And not acknowledging the behind the scenes struggles until there's like a yeah. delay where they have to hold <laughs> Until the it's a look book. <laughs> Yeah, until something big has happened and monumental where you have to be like, right, look, this actually is an issue mm-hmm. and there have been problems sorry, but just, if that's the case, like, lead with that, if anything, because then it makes it, we can temper our expectations and not make these potentially crazy demands of, make it like it's normal, act (laughs) like it's nothing's happening, because that's not healthy either, you know?
2: Yeah, but the thing is with, like, it's almost one of those things where it's like, why even do one of these directs if you're ostensibly just like, because every company can put their trailer on YouTube. And I get that you're going to get a signal boost by being part of one of these shows. But if all you're doing is a collection of titles that we haven't heard about, I, I understand, obviously understand the positives of something like Seafood being given an audience. Cause I, I now I know about yeah. Seafood, I might not have had any idea about that. And that's cool. But I think it, to some degree, if you're going to pick and choose and announce that you're doing like you we're Sony and we're doing the state of play and it's going to be this big thing. And we haven't been at E3 for the last two years. So, hey, maybe something will be here. That that expectation is baked in regardless and to some degree like you might as well capitalize on it and um, i also wonder if um the whole the the recent spate across the last few years just announcing games with just logos uh, yeah. i'm doing an article at the minute on like various games that are eventually returning on this gen and it's like elder scrolls 6 metroid prime uh bayonet f3 like there are big top tier titles that were announced all we got was a logo and obviously mm-hmm. we've all gone through like the pandemic stuff so it's like do they also not want to do any more of that because it's like well everything's yeah. kind of disparate and broken right now Uh, I just feel like there's a weird, I don't know, there's a weird feeling with the industry at the minute where it kind of feels like we don't have any major exclusives to get hyped about. No one's, on the Sony side, no one's talking about God of War. On the Microsoft side, only Halo is their only thing for all, all the whole year. Uh, On the Nintendo side, it's like Pokemon Snap and maybe Breath of the Wild 2, but that's apparently been delayed. And it just kind of feels like and you know if you couple that with like cyberpunk it's like well we don't really have a tide over because that was also affected and mm-hmm. just for me it's like all those things kind of combined like you said something's pushed you to play episode one on playstation one slash two and i'm just kind of like i'm kind of in the same space where i'm like i'm playing the original wolfenstein again i'm like well, what am i even doing with my life <laughs> going back to that
3: i know we're in a, such a weird spot i think with like the uh, presentations in particular i can't remember who said it i think it was a, a sony executive he used to say we've got like these big 40-minute, hour-long, an hour-and-a-half-long presentations. Mm. And as long as someone comes away from those presentations with, like, three games that stuck out, like, then they've done a good job. And I don't think you necessarily get that with these short ones. Like, I come out of them with maybe one I'm really looking forward to. Like, you said, Saifu, like, that, I thought that looked awesome. But everything else, I'm kind of like, eh. And I think if you only have one, maybe two things to, like, latch onto, you don't feel as satisfied as you do if you have three four five big things where you're like wow i i can't wait to see more of that you know but mm-hmm. yeah i mean going forward i do think you know i mean this time of the year is always quite dry anyway it's always quite a slow stop before things get up and running but now like the games I'm looking forward to i just i almost feel like they're not going to happen which again i'm totally <laughs> sympathetic for but yes you know this this march for instance march now and I was holding out hope that uh, Disco Elysium, the PS5 version, was going to maybe be a PlayStation Plus title, or maybe mm-hmm. going to be announced at we'll or um, we'll get mentioned at State of Play because its release date is this month, apparently. Mm-hmm. But we don't know when you can't pre-order anything and stuff like that. Obviously, these things are going to be up in the air. But I feel like in a lot of cases, the messaging has been like um, put right down to the wire. You know, similarly, mm-hmm. I was doing doing an article on the games that have been delayed so far this year, and so many announced their release dates in announced their delays in the month they were supposed to release like there's a bunch (laughs) of games that have that have supposed to come out in like January February Mm -hmm. that when it got to those times they were like actually they're not coming and they're now delayed indefinitely you know what I mean and that that seems unprecedented and I guess we're living in unprecedented times but surely you can it's a bad energy you know yeah it is a bad energy
2: yeah it just, it feels like you sort of like you plan like a whole sesh and then it's like you get to like the, the day of and then like three people pull out and it's like, well, you could have told me like a month yeah. ago and I would have prepared for this. I wouldn't have got my fancy new shirt on or whatever. That's but it. I think, and it's not yeah. like, it's it's not like they have to come to the sesh, you know
3: what I mean? But also you probably knew you weren't going to come before five minutes uh, before pre-drinks was supposed yeah. to start, you know? And that's, that's the issue. That's what makes me disappointed. It's not that <laughs> I think I'm entitled to your um, company or whatever. Yeah, it's so the, I've, uh, I've cracked the titty, I'm waiting
2: and I'm waiting for someone to come in.
3: I'm in the shower, man. i have like, I've got me scare products. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready.
2: <laughs> but yeah, either way, I think that like all of this, that's the whole thing is like at some point is any of these, and it's not like we're owed explanations, obviously, but it's, it's one of those things where I kind of wonder if it would be healthier for various companies like, you know, as part of a state of play as part of a um nintendo director as part of like whatever microsoft want to do just sort of throwing their hands up and going guys you don't understand how much last year ravaged the industry and we've got so many delays we've got so many different things but hey look don't worry we do have game pass we do have you know new things on playstation now we do have returnal coming soon there'll be something else on the xbox side or whatever and hey pokemon snaps just around the corner like there's for me there's always a way to manage those expectations and like it's watching the fallout three times in a row uh from uh well i guess it was at least twice in a row with the state of play in the nintendo direct and then the pokemon live stream went down a hell of a lot better and uh, with people like you know just being psyched about open world pokemon uh in yeah. the pokemon legends uh, arceus game um but it's just that whole thing where I'm just kind of like, yeah, the, the, a lot needs to be done in regards to E3 top tier shows and um, how we all find out about new games um, and then sort of managing expectations as to how long it's going to be before like announcement to release. Um, let's talk a bit about um, Sony stuff, because I've kind of just written down that I feel like they're chasing like three things at once because um, they've got the because I've always said they're a very reactive company. Like they always just see whatever works and then they do it. Um, and I feel like like you look at where they were last year this time last year and it was all like we believe in generations exclusives playstation 5 you know, even during the pandemic stuff, it was like, that's what we're going to be doing. And then you sort of got to launch and they pulled all of that stuff back. And then since then, it's been like they're pushing PlayStation now on like regular adverts on YouTube. It's like we're going to add this, Um, you know, like, oh, yeah, like stick with us. We've got like Final Fantasy 7 Remake. That's going to be the giveaway mm-hmm. title for March, even though the exclusivity deal runs out and it's going to be on Xbox. Stick with us because we've got this monthly thing. And, uh, you know, and then they're announcing PSVR 2 without any images of what it is. Um, yeah. And then still doing, and then now doing cross-gen releases like Horizon and, assumedly, God of War, um, and putting stuff like Death Stranding on PC. And I'm just like, where, what that, what the hell is your guys' focus? Like you're doing a bit of everything, and I don't feel like the actual um response to the consumer demand is there. Like, where's the, where are the PS5 games, etc.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Like Sony's in, like you said, Sony's in such a strange place at the moment because it does feel like they've had some kind of pivot towards the end of last year where they have you know, gone back on a few things and maybe mm. shifted their focus to other areas. Like that PSVR thing was so strange, like such a <laughs> strange way to announce it, especially on a because it was only a few months after, I think it was Jim Bryan who was like, look, you know, PSVR, we, we still believe in it, but we're not gonna have anything for a few years. And then suddenly they're like, well, actually, we're, <laughs> we're working on this, but we're not at liberty to yeah, show Yeah, his whole any-
2: thing was like, oh, it'll be like a year. Like, oh, it might come in the future, but it might not. And it was, and it, but oh, we'll have to wait and see. It was very like, I don't even know if this is gonna happen. And then, but yeah. that, but the PSVR two must have been being made yeah. behind him at that moment. So it's like, what?
3: That's it. And it's just a case of like, what? Like, I don't know. And I feel like these state of players um, only go so far in really showing you the the bigger picture of Sony's kind of like intentions going forward. And I think that's where um, an E three style event is like really good because you know it's 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 always welcome, at least for me. For you know. Publishers, um, console makers, and whatever to come out not only with games when they show back to back games, that's good, but mm. also you need a little bit of idea about where they're going with like the platform and stuff, and like what's mm. what else they're working on. And the way that you can kind of like mesh all of that together in one big showcase ultimately not only sells people on games, but also sets out like the future of the brand or the future of the company and why you should stick with them and stuff. Mm. And here it just kind of feels a bit disparate. It's like, well, they're really pushing PlayStation now on adverts like you said they've they've reinforced their belief in vr by announcing you know a next gen vr system but at the same time it's kind of like all of those ideas feel so just kind of like nebulous and not yeah. really that um we'll say we need like,
1: like
2: we need to tick a box because that's what the competition is doing. And it's like, well, we can kind of, we'll just do a little bit of that. Like, well, Game Pass is flying. Okay, cross-gen releases, they're received very well because obviously people can't get their hands on the new tech. So I guess we should do that. I guess that's another side of it as well, is do you think that they're uh, steering into the cross-gen releases because of the unavailability of the PS5 right now?
3: Probably because every single time we do a PlayStation Five news, I always forget how lucky we are. Because yes. there's comments and 90% just people going, Well, that's good for you guys, but I haven't got one and I'm just starting to get sick of it. Even you know, Joe Biden
2: are... can't get one. He's stepping in, he's having a <laughs> he's having a word with the American chains going, Can you get one? Can I get one? Even
3: big Joe Biden can't manage to get a Playstation five, which I Juicy guess yeah Joe. is an,
2: is indicative. Banana Joe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> Just a little office intro for the podcast. no one's gonna get that other than me and Josh, no. but not to worry. I'm sure and Joe will
3: get that at least. Anyway, I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, the availability. I do think that has to be a part of it by now because while you know Jim Ryan was talking to GQ recently mm. and he was saying about you know how they're making that a priority and stuff, obviously there are issues across the board with you know distributing playstation 5s and so many people who want them Mm -hmm. you know haven't been able to get them like not to mention scalpers and stuff on top of this just switching up all the stock and reselling it for ridiculous prices Um, yeah i feel like a lot of people are a bit disappointed that they haven't been able to jump on board so for now I feel like it does make sense for them to push cross-platform um, releases, especially in their exclusives because so many people might not be able to even play something like Horizon, which is set for release at the end of this year, on PlayStation 5, maybe until next year when the well, so, stock starts presumably getting a bit, bit, bit better.
2: Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Like, Do you think that we're ultimately just resigned to being in like a holding pattern for most of this year? Like, Is 2021 just going to be like... I mean, it, obviously it's in response to 2020, but like in terms of the exclusives, the cross-gen stuff, like you're not going to get a rollout of dedicated ps5 games until 2022 The the only real one that's coming this year is ratchet and clank um, which i guess was built from the ground up to be ps5 only and we've kind of got destruction all-stars but that feels like it was butchered to roll out across the year considering the version yeah. that you get on ps plus
3: well we've got a few like you said we, we've, we've had that we're going to get ratchet and clank returnal mm-hmm. is a playstation 5 only game mm-hmm. as well so there are some titles in there that are next gen exclusive only but yeah it's not going to be like I, st- I don't think we're going to be sat here this time next year and talking about how you need to get a PlayStation 5 and if you right. missed out, jokes on you because they've got this great <laughs> exclusive lineup. You know what I mean? Not that we mm-hmm. do that anyway, of course. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're in this kind of holding pattern, you know, across the board, not just in the gaming industry, in the no, film industry, yeah. in our personal lives. This is just like 2022. You know what I mean? It's not <laughs> a new year. It's an extension of last year and it sucks.
2: 2022, 2020 harder, just sort of like, get, the, get episode one on the TV, go buy the old game, get Sonic Adventure, mate, it's, you've got to do something, pass the time, you've got to tick those boxes, got, it's got to be done. Um, one thing I was going to touch on as well is um, the comments from Laura Meal, who's EA's uh, Chief Studios Officer, um, saying that EA are pulling back from live service stuff, and that they'll... Um, they just said that a lot of the um, autonomy for those individual franchises is being put in the hands of the studios themselves, um, which is a quote that I've sort of half butchered. But her point was that in regards to something like a Titanfall 3, it's going to be on respawn, whether or not that happens. Um, and they, the whole one of the other fallouts that came from that um, period the last few days is that the next Dragon Age has had its multiplayer components removed. All the live service stuff has been taken out of it, um, which apparently was just crowbarred in in 2017, even though the game had been going for two years before then. Um, and so going forward, it seems like EA are pulling away from that stuff. Um, So if we're talking like wider Um, Trends in the industry, like, do you feel like they'll stick to that? She sort of like hinted that, um, you know, in regards to FIFA and Madden, she said any changes to their bigger franchises take multiple years to be implemented. So it's like, and it's not like these things don't make billions of dollars, um, especially on the Call of Duty side or whatever. Uh, Even Anthem made a massive, made like $1.5 million on microtransactions. So I don't know who the hell was buying the deluxe cloth you could get (laughs) in that game. But still, um, with EA saying that they're going to sort of like take a step back from this stuff, like, do you think that'll be something that just changes? Like, you know, it'll not really kick in until next year. We need more games from these studios before you'll see much of a difference anyway. Or they'll hopefully change things by patching stuff out.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, these games are such like big undertakings that I feel like you're going to have to wait a few years for them to have tangible effects and to see, you know, these big ships completely um, change course. I think Mm. we might start seeing a bit of it with Battlefield 6, which is out for me at the end of this year. You know, they have a bunch of studios. Yeah, they have a bunch (laughs) of studios working on that. They've been talking it up in um, investor calls, but they haven't, like, officially unveiled it yet. Like they've ah, so that it exists. game
2: doesn't exist, Josh Brown. That's it not... does.
3: No. It... No, it does. <laughs> like, the EA executives have been talking about it, and it definitely exists, but they just haven't shown us it yet. But hopefully they'll show us it soon. I think in games like that, we might start she- seeing the tide shift. But my mm. big worry is, are we at the same point that we were in 2008, 2007, 2008? when EA then were like, right, we're going to change our image, we're going to um, greenlight a bunch of new IP, he's Dead Space, he's Mirror's Edge, this is is us now and then that lasted for like two years and then they went back to their old ways and then Mm -hmm. they made Dead Space 3 and didn't make more Mirror's Edge for ages and then brought out like a bunch of microtransaction-riddled guff.
2: Well, the th- um, the thing that I'm waiting for with all this, with EA sort of like, we're overhauling Dragon Age, and don't worry, guys, Mass Effect's coming, and we're going to, you know, Titanfall 3, and it's it's all coming up roses. It's all fine. I'm waiting for Mr. Andrew Wilson. I'm waiting for a comment from him, because he's the dude. He's Mr. Luke Box. Luke Box? He's Mr. Luke Box. <laughs> as well as being Mr. Luke Box. Um, having, obviously, implemented it in UEFA, and completely overhauling all of their uh, library, the reason that they're everywhere. And that was the whole thing. They were pushing for live service models in everything because of him. He got promoted because of it and everything else and so Laura Mule's comments were great and there's obviously the insider report from Dragon Age but I just the dude that helped usher in microtransactions I'm waiting for him to be like what like how like what he's he because he would literally be in any business meeting going what so you guys don't want millions of dollars you guys don't want these insane (laughs) profit margins like yeah Yeah. I know they're annoying but like they're clearly working for us like I'm kind of waiting for him to sort of cement it in my head for that um, we should also talk about Xbox stuff. Um, where you are on the Xbox brand at the minute? Because for me, it's like I find myself returning to old games. We sort of joked about re- revisiting stuff, but I do enjoy putting in any old game in the Series X and just look at it, do a, do its magic, just make it 60 FPS HDR. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's 4k up res, like some stuff runs at 120 frames a second. And I just kind of, i playing, uh, Wolfenstein, the 2014 one. Um, I think it's 2014, the one, the, the newest, uh, the original and the newest rebooted, uh, potential trilogy playing that on series X. I was like, this looks brilliant. It runs so well. It looks gorgeous. It plays really well. And I was kind of just like, is this the end of their business model? I know they've got some exclusives coming, mm. but in regards to like, just being like the go-to platform for everything, it feels like they've kind of already got it, provided you can get your hands on one. Um, yeah. But just like, yeah, where are you at on the Xbox brand at the minute? What do you find yourself? What words come to mind? What kind of thoughts do you have when you think about where Xbox is at, at the minute?
3: Well, it's just like a strong, like, rock formation, I think. You know, they <laughs> uh, they seem everlasting and almost unchanging. And they seem so slow to adopt anything new. And not I'm not saying that mm. even in a bad way. I just feel like, you know, if we're talking about holding patterns, I feel like they've almost been in that for a for a few years now, ever since they're a couple of years into the last generation, I feel like they've just been, you know, biding their time, picking mm. up studios and um, focusing on things like game pass and very, very slowly kind of shifting their priorities around, which I think is quite good because like you said, you know, game pass and, the machines that they do have right now in terms of their legacy content is great the fact that you can jump on there and play so many different things Mm. in the best way possible like is is genuinely awesome I'm personally looking forward to whatever they do in March when this Bethesda thing finally goes through like that will give it an injection, I think, will will make me more interested in getting or trying to track down a Series X or whatever, because I'm fascinated about what they're going to do with Starfield, what they're going to do with Elder Scrolls, Fallout. You mentioned Wolfenstein there. Could that play a part? Indiana Jones, Doom, all of these massive franchises that you know I care about. And I'm mm-hmm. you know, like, if Microsoft comes out with some kind of cool event in in March, I think that could be almost the start of like a new era for them as a company, because they've they've, like I said, spent the past few years getting all of these talented developers we're just starting to see what they're working on right now with the likes of obsidian's um games you know what i mean Mm -hmm. we've got hellblade 2 on the horizon we could finally be seeing the kind of fruits of all that labor and when it comes to like bethesda that's a great way to kind of kick everything off to be like right these are part of the family now they've already (laughs) been working on games here's what you're going to get you know what i mean Mm -hmm. on game pass as well because it's just the That's the thing, I mean,
2: you've got, got, uh, on the Bethesda side, you've got Starfield yet to be, like, fully shown off. There's been a few images of sort of, like, leaked and been put out across the last few months, and it's like, we know what it is, but we haven't seen anything specifically from it. For me, Bethesda are in such a weird place right now that, like, um, Microsoft, like, hanging a lot of their, like, future reputation on Bethesda would be not a weird move, because I get it, um, but it's just that I don't see the optics of them saying, like, hey, we're locking everything down to Xbox, or at least by sort of, like, you know, making it so that various Xbox deals go to... um, on that platform first. I think the optics of that would go down really sourly, but I don't know, like if they were like, "Hey, the, the next Doom is going to be on Xbox for a year, or the next Elder Scrolls is going to be stuck on there." Like, it feels like those deals have to be done. The amount of money that they yeah. threw at Bethesda to do it in the first place. Um, but I don't know, like my thing with Xbox is that I feel like a lot of their first party stuff has been so weak for so long. And it's not that like Gears isn't solid enough, but it's obviously Halo has been in the weirdest back and forth for the last few years. I don't mean you really like Halo Four, but even even we couldn't find positives in Halo, in Halo Five. Um, yeah. It was it was like fine, but it wasn't really anything. And I feel like they had to lean on the Master collection to be like... And it, even that took four years to get to work again. And yeah. so when I look at where they're at now, I'm like, well, you kind of signed a deal that bought you a bunch of exclusives, potentially, if you go down that route. But even then, it might look a bit naff to the wider populace. And then I look at the other stuff that they have in motion, and it's like, well, they're rebooting Forza, um, they're rebooting Fable, um, like um, they'll, they'll be Gear 6 or whatever, um, and then they've got uh, Halo at the end of the year, which is... like, But they're all so disparate. Like There's Perfect Darks yeah. coming back, but it's a concept trailer at the minute. And yeah. I just... <laughs> For me, I look at them and I compare them to where they were in the 2000s when the 360 was just dominating everything. And I'm kind of like, you guys had a whole generation to plan for this. And your yeah. solution has been brilliant. I love Game but I love the Series X. I think it's a hell of a console. But I'm kind of like, I can't subsist on the metaphorical versions of playing episode one again or whatever. I need <laughs> new stuff. As much as I love playing a 4K version of Sonic Adventure 2, I'm going to need something you else. you mean
3: yeah i think i'm a bit more positive on it than you are because like mm. when it comes to fable and perfect dark for instance i am excited for those new takes i don't know when the hell we're going to get them but the fact right. that you know um we've got like interesting ideas coming from those legacy franchises i think you might be able to do for them what sony did last generation for the likes of god of war or, you know whatever you know trying Maybe. to reintroduce them and update them in a way that's Kind of more of a step forward than what we got from Gears and Halo, even though I do love Gears Five. Like mm-hmm. it's it's very much in line with the previous games, if that makes sense. It's not yeah. like a complete reshift like God of War Three was to God of War Twenty Eighteen. You know what I mean? But in, when you get something like ha- ha- Fable in Perfect <laughs> Dark Zero, like there is opportunity to do that there and to really transform what our perceptions of these series are, so we don't no longer view them as kind of like these stuffy older properties and instead they yeah. might be able to be new and you know full of life and creative and innovative, you know, as they once were. That's the hope for me. And I feel like Microsoft have made enough mistakes to not just repeat them <laughs> over and over again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you said, they had the whole last generation to prepare for this. And while they're still, in a lot of cases, just pulling from the same deck of cards in terms of franchises in IP and stuff, I do feel like they've learned their lesson to not just do another Halo five type deal or another DS4 i just
2: I thought considering it's been a, it was a long generation, like a seven year long generation. (laughs) I thought they would come out the gates with like, here's the new fable. Here's perfect Dark, Like, you know, here's all this stuff that we've sort of had waiting in the wings and then realizing that even halo infinite, like getting delayed for a year, maybe even more like uh, a month before it was meant to come out when the monster energy cans with the logos on were being drank by fans around the world. Uh, And even that was like Phil Spencer going like, Oh, actually, no, we do have to put the, put the brakes on this. I'm like, well, how hands-on were you for all this stuff? A double dose of madness
3: that came with the Xbox um, Series <laughs> X launch was the Halo Infinite getting pushed back because like you said, you know that you, everyone presumed that would come out with it. And Obviously, yeah. you could argue that it definitely didn't need to be pushed because it mm-hmm. wasn't up to, oh, definitely didn't up, need to, up to yeah. scratch or whatever, but even then it's like a big deal to push it and not have anything, but also not even having a Forza to me was kind of right. like ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. I just feel like that's such a staple of like the Xbox franchise, of the Xbox brand. And if you have a new console, it's like you have racing Yeah, yeah, young racing <laughs> game to showed off. And yeah, Sony didn't have it either because Gran Turismo 7 isn't going to come out until <laughs> 2022 now. But I thought Microsoft, especially because it's like Forza, like one of their biggest franchises, first party mm-hmm. franchises, I thought that would have been there. So when they didn't have that and Halo got pushed, I was kind of like, ah, you didn't come out swinging in the same way I thought you were going to. And hopefully that's fine. Hopefully it's just a kind of you know, like, a, like we were saying at the beginning, some kind of consequence of everything that's been going on and that's mm. understandable. But if they kind of like go this year and next year without kind of getting that momentum up still, then I'll be kind of like, well, well that's, what have you been doing for the past eight years? That's you know my I mean? thing.
2: That's, that's exactly the nexus. That's my exact thought process. Is this all a master plan or is it, are you making it up as you go along? Are you like, just yeah. sort of like, I do like building the bridge as you walk across it. Can they put one thing down in front, one foot forward, right? Next thing, okay, who's ready? Right, we've got out of the game, right? Put that there. I'm going to stand on that and we'll move forward. Um, Or is it all the master plan to sort of, I'm I'm not seeing it. Like, if this is the master plan, I'm not seeing it, but I'm willing for it. Um, And like I said, I'm looking forward to the exclusives. I'm kind of like, I'm I'm curious what Joseph Stanton's been able to do on the Halo Infinite front, um, the original sort of like, one of the original Halo creators and everything. Um, But yeah, the the way that they're in, if we talk about holding patterns, it kind of feels like they they have that holding plan. Um, You know, they have like such a great thing to fall back on with Game Pass and everything, but I'm just kind of like, okay, cool but what else you got? And I think, I don't know if that's the old school me talking cause I'm used to exclusives, I'm used to big things. Like, yeah. it's just like when we all, when we freaked out over the Mortal Kombat trailer uh, the movie trailer and it's like, oh yeah, this is what this feels like. This is what <laughs> it feels like to get a new thing that feels cool and not just an up version of something old. And so like that, yeah, there's, there's all that sort of side of it. Um, let's touch on uh, Nintendo for the final part. And um, did you watch much of their uh, Nintendo Direct the other week?
3: Uh, the big one. I watched yes. all of the big one. I haven't watched okay. the Pokemon stuff that I will concede, but, like, okay. the the big thing with, like, Splatoon and everything. Yeah, I watched all yeah, of Yeah, like, that.
2: Splatoon 3 and everything. Because they've got, like, a nice enough little uh, collection of titles. Like, Bravery Default 2 just came out on Friday. And um, they've got Pokemon Snap very soon. Like, you know, they just announced Pokemon uh, Legends Arceus in the Pokemon stream. Um, however, watching the Arceus trailer, it's... And, and Like you said, you haven't seen it, but, like, it's really... It really looks underpowered, and it really looks like it's struggling. Like, they're doing, like, this full, you know, big open-world Pokémon, and you uh, catch by just sort of hanging in tall grass. You can throw the ball. You don't have to go into combat first. It's sort of speeding up a few mechanics. Um, The frame rate, though, did not look very good. I think that they... I think, for me, I looked at that, and I went, okay, I I feel like you've... I I feel like we're hitting the limits of what the Switch can do. Um, And it was a weird thing, because I feel like a few years ago when we saw uh, The Witcher running on it, or we saw Doom running on it, uh, or Wolfenstein... Um, that was like, oh my God, this thing can do anything. This thing can pull off these incredible... Um, you know games and like it's cool that they've been ported and they work well enough and everything but um, yeah looking at Pokemon Arceus I don't know if it's because it's early in development I think it's out uh, next year because the remix of Diamond and Pearl are this year but I kind of just looked at it and I went we need the Switch Pro like you guys need to get some clarity on what the hell's happening with the next Switch Um, because we've had all these leaks these manufacturers different factories saying like yeah these new components are coming Um, but then all they ever say on the official front is no it doesn't exist it's not coming leave us alone whereas I think Looking at something like Arceus, I'm like, well, I would rather you guys did this in Metroid Prime 4 and Bayonet F3 and everything else on a way more powerful system, or at least something mm-hmm. that doesn't look like it's in its debut trailer, like falling apart at the seams.
3: Yeah, that, that kind of sucks. I, again, I haven't seen the trailer, so I'm not going to pass too much judgment. And of course, it is early <laughs> and stuff. But if that's the kind of first impression you're going to make, and if, if things are already a bit problematic then and that doesn't kind of bear, bear well for it's, it's the technology me. running on.
2: Yeah, it's definitely me becoming more of a demon because I didn't used to care <laughs> about frame rates and resolutions and everything else. And I've come out the other side of, of this generation so far thinking like that.
3: Well, I will say, you know, I had a similar issue with Resident Evil Village. When that was first shown mm-hmm. off. I was thinking, oh, this is very choppy. This doesn't look like it's a... Uh... You know, going to hold together very well in the last gen consoles. But then, yeah. since then, it has surprised me and it looks way more polished and way better technically than used to. So maybe this, this game can do the exact same things, Scott Tilbert, is all I'm saying. Maybe, maybe. You know, maybe. I mean, they give it more time. Stuff. Mm-hmm. yeah, but when it comes to like a Switch Pro, I do, I want to see what a more powerful Switch can like do with these game worlds and with, you know, the, the scope of the games on display, like a Breath of the Wild 2 on more powerful hardware than the original breath of the wild like, i want to mm-hmm. see what you could do with that extra horsepower i want to see how you can like innovate and how you can push things to the next level because you know i'm, I'm an absolute sucker for new technology and new generations and mm-hmm. we we never really get them with nintendo in the same step as microsoft and sony you know what i mean they always play with it play on their own by their own rules and they mm-hmm do new console generations whenever they feel like it. And if they feel like they need to kind of (laughs) catch up or whatever to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, like, I'm sure they will release a more powerful version, but it's just, like... When will they make you, use you of it or like, is it just gonna be an extra, you know? That's the
2: thing that like, do you feel right now that we need it? Because I didn't used to think that. I used to think that the switch was this little, the little system that could, and oh look, it's running the Witcher and like it, it can do it, it's fine. Um, and like I said, it wasn't it literally was watching that Pokemon Archaeus Trella where I was just like, Oh, this I see what everyone's been saying. I don't know if it's because I've been you know enamored by 4k 60 left right and center on the ps4 fps uh, 5 in the uh in the series system um systems but i looked at that and i went oh my god i can see it i, I it's like breaking the matrix i can see why you guys think this thing is really underpowered um, and yeah. either that's an early dev thing um or it's because the power is just never going to be there and this is going to be quite choppy because it's not like we haven't had choppy games on the switch like things like immortals phoenix rising uh it might have been patched by now but used to run like hell on the switch and yeah. so like for me, I look at that and I'm like, oh, can you guys not just, just get, get come on. Like it, it's the fourth, we're entering the fourth year of the Switch being out. I think we're very, uh, very close to its fourth year anniversary. Um, and so I, I look to it and go, maybe it's time. Like maybe it's time for a hardware refresh.
3: I think presumably with, its, with with the first party stuff, they might be able to make them continue to like look really good and play really well, hopefully mm-hmm. if we optimize it for the, for the hardware but when it comes to like those third-party titles i feel like the the gap is just going to extend mm-hmm. you know even more when things become um you know normalized in the xbox series x and the playstation 5 like you mentioned immortals there that was the first time i was actually disappointed with the switch because i was playing uh, that handheld and i just thought this is this doesn't feel right was it was a, a bit off. laggy the frame rate isn't very good Yeah, mm-hmm. the frame rate isn't very good and i wished for the first time ever getting a Switch game, that I bought it for another console, and that's never ever happened until now. Mm. So that was kind of like my spark of, ooh, actually, yeah, if they did release more powerful hardware, I would definitely definitely be interested
2: yeah that, yeah that, that's a really good point like that idea of like all these games like i mean because i'm mostly talking about like you know first party exclusives something like pokemon's only ever going to be on nintendo um, and that's always the thing that we just we have to accept the version that we're given and it's not like you have another platform to compare it to um but like i said if you're going off like first impressions something like arceus did look a bit underwhelming whereas like things like obviously mario odyssey breath of the wild um you know they flew they've done really well Splatoon looks really solid um but it is that sort of question of just sort of like up against such obvious competition in regard to resolution and frame rate and stuff like that does the does the switch audience care like because i didn't yeah. used to and I, I still adore the switch it's my little indie machine i love it but i'm still kind of that thing where i look at how much further ahead and just sheer performance just sheer playability of a thing and um, that even these other systems even the, the weaker version of the newer system like the series s is still running circles around the switch and i'm like well how much longer can you cling on to that sort of like where the little system that can keep up Um, If we de-res it to 480p and we can sort of get it going, like every game is blurry as hell just so we can try and get it playable. Um, And I kind of wonder about that stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, 100%, like I said, like the gap is just going to kind of like widen, but hopefully the first party stuff is there and makes it, you know, like it's always more or less being a first party machine anyway like mm. Nintendo's always thrived on first party stuff so as long as mm-hmm. it can keep pumping that out and people are satisfied and the install base is catered to you know maybe they don't really have to like I'm, I'm never going to be in the business of predicting what Nintendo does because Nintendo does what <laughs>
2: Nintendo wants to do you know. Oh, imagine so. if you put a bet on they're going to use an external app for voice chat you just would, you would <laughs> have made millions in the last few years um, <laughs> but yes I was going to say let us know what you think down in the comments this isn't a video it's audio only come find us on social media let us know what you think on Twitter and uh, for now this has been a weekly chat with myself Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown I love that that's a good title that yeah just a nice yeah. little chat and we'll catch you guys next week bye bye